Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Naked Without Shame show with your hosts, Megan and Morgan. Today, we are going to be talking about a beautiful witness of the theology of the body, a modern saint. I think we can call her a saint. Yeah. She's a servant of God. <laughs> She's a servant of God, uh, who was a beautiful wife and mother. We want to share her story with you today. So stay tuned. Open Um, before we start, we wanted to invite you to download the Awaken app. Um, the Awaken app is basically like a social media alternative. Um, it's a community of like-minded people um, that you can talk with. Um, you can also talk with us, uh, the show hosts. Um, on this app, you can get access to prayers, a shop, all sorts of really cool things. So to download that, just go to theawakenapp.io. Also, we want to invite you to consider joining our patronage community. If you go to nakedwithoutshameshow.com, you will get more information about how you can support us. You can watch more of our videos um, and just see different perks that you can get by supporting us too. So if you're interested, go to that website and we'd appreciate your support. Before we continue, are you tired of being stuck at home during this pandemic and want to go out and see the world? To find out more, go to selectinternationaltours.com slash awaken. And so now we're going to get into a little storytelling of somebody that we found to be super inspirational for our own faith journeys. Yes. Her name is Chiara Corbella Patrio. And as you see, this is her. Uh, her friends wrote essentially her story for her, um, a couple that, that knew her really well. Yeah. And her husband, who's still living, uh, travels sharing her story of the beautiful witness that he saw being married to her. Yeah. And um, yeah, just the beautiful life of faith she lived. So we're going to talk about that and kind of pull from her witness what it really means to be human. She is actually, um, I think, weeks, maybe months before her yeah. death yeah. in this picture on the book. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, let's let's dive into who she is. Yeah. So Chiara Corbella Patrio is, as we said, um, an Italian woman, young woman. Uh, she, I think, was born in the 80s and she was a wife and mother, and she essentially had passed away young at like age, I believe 29. Yeah, late from, 20s. Late 20s. I think, yeah. From cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, she started her vocation journey, I guess, with meeting her husband, Enrico. They met at Magigori, actually, um, yeah. in Europe yeah. on a pilgrimage and met each other, really hit it off. I think they both realized like, oh, this person's like very special for me, mm -hmm. but not realizing why. Mm -hmm. And so they ended up dating. They're both from Italy and they've ended up dating and the relationship lasted, I think like four years before marrying. But in that four years, they had quite a journey of um, working things out, yep. so to say, yep. uh, just growing together, healing, um, it, it wasn't an easy discernment, vocation discernment necessarily. Yeah, they broke up like a million times. <laughs> yeah, they broke up a lot. <laughs> um, and fought a lot. And I think that, the, yeah, 
in the book, you really get a sense of like just this frustration. Like I think especially Kiara really had this sense from early on, like I'm meant to marry this person, like God has given me this person and like, why will it not work out? Um, and I think she really struggled um, in prayer um, to like make sense of this, of like, mm -hmm. we, we just keep clashing. We don't know how to work this out, but we're meant to be together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 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 So in the end, they tied the knot and got married young. And shortly after that, they conceived their first child and uh, found out in the pregnancy that the child was not going to survive after birth for long. Mm -hmm. There were some... Um, deformities that weren't going to be allowing or weren't going to allow the child to survive. Well, Kiara, under pressure to actually abort the baby, because knowing that the baby wasn't going to survive, people thought, well, why would you give birth to this child? So she chose, because of her faith, not to abort the baby and, and embrace the baby for, for however she would receive, receive the child. Mm -hmm. So she did, and the baby survived not long, maybe an hour at the most. Mm -hmm. um, but it was through that experience of embracing life in in how God gave this life, this first baby, to Enrico and Chiara, that really changed them. Mm -hmm. I think uh, really helped them to value the gift of of life, um, and and they they kind of saw beyond. Um, this life into, oh, this, this child, even though the child survived for so little of a time, belongs to God. And um, it was good that that baby was alive and survived yeah. and, and we were able to meet her. So that was their first child. And then it, a similar condition came upon the second baby. But it was a totally unrelated condition. That's the crazy thing. Mm -hmm. It was like both of these conditions are extremely rare and totally not related to each other. Yeah. So like the odds of a couple being afflicted with that is like extremely low. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they were given this situation again. And of course, having gone through it and, and recognizing the, the grace involved, Kiara and Enrico were like, okay, we accept this child for who he is. And, um, similarly they gave birth and the baby passed away shortly after the birth. Mm -hmm. They conceived again. And this time the baby was healthy um, growing baby boy and Kiara ended up contracting a cancer. And so at this time, she, knowing the preciousness of, you know, life for, for her family, she was like, well, I'm going to wait for cancer treatment because I don't want to compromise the life of the baby. Mm -hmm. So she postponed the treatments, gave birth to a health, healthy boy, then began treatments. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, um, she was not going to beat the cancer and within a year she passed away yeah. so that is her story she you know is kind of was kind of just like an ordinary person living in italy catholic all her life entered into a vocation and really um was was sanctified in her short but very fruitful life through that yeah i guess what we want to just kind of talk about now is how this relates to our themes in the theology of the body. Um, you know, we've talked about the gift of self. We've talked about uh, union. We've talked about the afterlife. So what 
what is it about her life in, in particular that we've been so captivated by mm-hmm. that matters to this topic? I would start by saying that I had the privilege of actually going to her tomb. I was in Rome a couple weeks ago, um, and her um, body is just right outside of Rome in this, in this cemetery, and it's kind of like nondescript where she's buried. Um, but a couple of us, my friends and I, um, and one of our dear priest friends, um, we went and we were able to pray at her tomb. And it was an incredible experience for me. Um, she's, she's really someone that I have felt like a closeness with for the past couple of years. Um, and I'd say especially because of her witness of um, the married life as a vocation, as like a call to holiness. That was something for me that was hard to understand um, for a long time. Like I, I didn't really, I could see why... Um, you know, giving your life to God totally um, was a call to holiness. I mean, that's kind of obvious. But I think that for me, marriage as a call to holiness was just like a lot harder to digest because mm-hmm. um, it seems so like normal and so like non-exceptional um, and not not heroic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, I saw her husband give a talk at the New York Encounter, this is um, mm-hmm. something that community liberation, this um, movement, lay movement in the church that I'm a part of, puts on every year. Um, I was also there. Oh, yeah. You were there, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's beautiful. So we, we both saw. And I mean, I was just enormously struck by this man, Enrico, yeah. and just the holiness that he radiated of you. Just his eyes were so deep and so like compassionate and understanding and so but also so human I mean he wasn't like a sort of otherworldly presence totally he was like very like normal also um but I yeah I just remember being so struck by him and so struck by the um Kira's story and really I think the main thing was the joy that they would they were able to possess during this incredible suffering which like to the world just seems like this totally meaningless suffering like wow they just got dealt a terrible card like having this happen to both of their children and it's totally unrelated it's not genetic it's just this random Mm -hmm. affliction basically for both of them and then Kiara you know shortly after um developing cancer like it's just like wow that's a that's just a horrible situation and like it's it can you know we're tempted to think that that's like a very meaningless thing and I think that's how a lot of us see sufferings um but just the fact that these this couple um, were, were able to have this otherworldly joy and happiness in spite of this cross that they were given. Um, like I think at the end of the, the end of Kiara's life, Enrico asked her as she was like just about to die. Really, she was I think in front of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. They were privileged enough to have this really close friend who was a priest, and so she could. Um, have the tabernacle like in I think it was in her house that she died maybe mm-hmm. um, but she was just in front of the tabernacle and Enrico like really in a kind of not despair but like close to it just really really suffering asks her like Kiara is this cross really sweet and she like without a hesitation said yes like yes it is and like that mm-hmm. for him like when, when he said that at the New York encounter he started crying that was the only time he started crying during the talk and it was just mm-hmm. so genuine and so beautiful um so I think, yeah, for me, like that, this very simple life and like these, just these sufferings that again, can kind of immediately to our, you know, secular eyes or whatever seem just like meaningless. Um, the fact that these, this couple could live this incredible, um, heroic 
um, yeah, witness in, in spite of this is like that, that for me was extremely moving and extremely, it stuck with me for a long time. Um, yeah. And, and, and the final thing I would say is also just, um, me preparing for, I'm, I'm engaged <laughs> to be married <laughs> announcement. <Yay>! announcement. <laughs> I'm getting married in November, um, to a wonderful man named Tommy. Um, and He's it was, yeah, he was, um, and for me, like it's just, it was really beautiful to, um, get to visit Kiara's tomb and like sort of entrust, um, my vocation to her, to Christ through her, mm. um, and ask for graces from her. And I really think that I received a lot. Um, so yeah, she's just really, really significant for me, um, for those reasons. But yeah, that's beautiful. What about you, Megan? That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I want to add to like what you were saying about this, this experience of such suffering that brings joy, like the paradox of that, that is like the Christian paradox, right? We, we believe that a life of suffering does not mean that we're doomed to unhappiness, Mm -hmm. but like encountering Christ through a significant suffering can unify us with him so much that it becomes sweet. Yeah. Like it, it becomes fulfilling. So yeah, like that, that witness there, the countercultural witness of, of embracing suffering, not in, not in a, what is it called? Like a masochistic way. Yeah. yeah. Not in that way, but in a way that transcends just you, but it's, it's for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it, in a particular way with Kiara, it was for her children. Mm-hmm. Like it, there was a real embodiment of the suffering for the sake of her child, mm-hmm. you know, for, for allowing her child to live, um, within her, mm-hmm. even though like so afflicted. Yeah. Um, just the, just the, like the realness and the rawness of, giving yourself um and like the satisfaction of doing that when it's when it's hard yeah like doing it in a difficult way i think the the amount of difficulty really like quickly taught them yeah like the their their path to sanctification yeah i guess their 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 openness to god and experiencing this joy like going to the depths of that suffering so quickly and so young they're in yeah. their twenties mm-hmm. and then coming out of that, um, yeah, just full of, full of joy. Mm-hmm. One other thing I really like about Kiara and her witness of theology, of the body to me is that she quotes, we are born and we will never die. And so she had this real awareness of eternal life mm-hmm. lived now in our last episodes, we talked about the resurrection of the body and how it's not some abstract thought, but we can really live this redemption here and now. Yeah. And um, yeah, she she just embodied that in a really beautiful way mm-hmm. by recognizing, oh, like all of this is for my destiny. All of this is for eternal life. This will all make sense. Mm-hmm. As long as I participate in the like the given things of my life, the marriage that I was given, the things that I have to endure through it, uh, the children I will receive, you endure that and then you, yeah, like it prepares you for this entrance into eternal life. Yeah. And it teaches you something. Yeah. You know, like 
the theology of the body were the words that that was written by John Paul II, right? Articulated by him in a time in history that was really important for us to know. The theology of the body also has always been around and it is, it's a teaching that is what I'm going to say called pedagogical, Hmm. like through the human experience, through the human phenomenon of life, we learn truths about what is real and what is good. Hmm. You know, like, Kiara learned that it was good for her to carry her babies to term. She knew it was good to like persevere in a marriage that was very trying too. Mm-hmm. And, and like living these commitments and these and embracing these gifts taught her the theology of the body. Yeah. It taught her who she was, Yeah, how she was meant to be a gift of herself to another yeah. in her family. Yeah. Another thing that I was always really struck by um, in her story is she says, it's either her or Enrico that says this, actually. But um, people asked, how did you endure this? And they just said, it's very relatable. They just said, we were given the grace we needed at the time. And if we would have tried to do it on our own, we could not. There would be no way we could have borne this suffering, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's just like little by little, like God asked things of her. Like, I think for Kiara, it all started with her relationship with Enrico and how it was so trying for both of them and like seemingly impossible for them to work it out. Um, and she finally, at a certain point, um, she just says she just let go. She's just like started crying in front of him and just like was totally honest. Like let all of her masks sort of like melt away and s- stood in front of him and just said like, this is who I am. And like, this is, yeah, this is, this is who I am. This is how I feel. And that for her was like a really profound experience of just like letting go and surrendering the relationship to God. Um, so I think that was like the first thing, at least for Kiara. And then like, then it was Maria and her death. And that was like the next thing that was asked of her. And then it was Davide and then it was the cancer. So it's like, it was this sort of progressive, like God um, prepared her, basically prepared her heart for like this incredible heroic suffering that she was asked to bear. Mm-hmm. Um but it was, yeah, again, like it, it's helpful for me because it's like, it's not like God asks us to do this all at once or like by our own power. Um, like we should just should be able to like deal with things, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just like a little at a time, like open your heart and you'll yeah. become a saint. I mean, mm-hmm. you'll be this hero, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. To live in the present and receive what is given in the moment in a, in a present moment mm-hmm. for the sake of your sanctification. Yeah. Right. That's really good. And also with Enrico and, and his journey, I think the book mentions that he was really fearful of losing people in his life because he had lost maybe a family member. I think his a, dad. His yeah. dad to death. And he was afraid of being vulnerable with somebody yeah. because he didn't want to lose somebody he cared so much for again. Mm-hmm. And so how beautiful, like now still living and able to kind of rejoice in the life of his, his bride, his wife, Mm -hmm. um, Kiara, that he was taken on a journey with God to, to learn how to really love somebody, but be able to let them go because life is eternal. Like there's, there's, there's hope, right? It's not a despairing thing. Like it's, it doesn't end with death. Yeah. Yeah. As Kiara says, we're born and we never die. Mm -hmm. So he learned that in a beautiful way too, like in his own redemption. Yeah. I remember him saying at the New York encounter, like how someone asked him, like, does your relationship with Kira um, continue? And he said, like, I don't have like spiritual gifts. Like I'm not like conversing with her in like this mystical way. 
Um, but like in a very sort of normal mundane way, like my, I mean, it's not really mundane, but it seemingly is. Um, my relationship with Kiara continues through you guys, like through you, these people that I like sort of share this story with and minister to. And it's just a really beautiful thing. Like it shows the dignity of the married vocation to me that like mm-hmm. it marriage really can. We were talking in our last um, episode about the relationship between marriage and virginity. And for me, this couple like really demonstrates that better than any, I mean, better than any couple I really know of, yeah. mm-hmm. um, of like mm-hmm. how this particular relationship, um, this particular love that you're given can open you up to the world, can make you for the world. Does that make oh, sense? Like yeah. through the particularity of her, his relationship with Kira, he is now able oh to gosh, yeah. share Christ with the world. Ooh. Yeah. I got chills for a second. <laughs> I know. Wow. So as you were saying, when he answered that question, like she lives, like she lives with me in all of you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like that, that the, their union somehow, once again, is for the world. Like marriage is for loving the world and he's able to love the people that he shared her story with. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. The, the dignity of the vocation to marriage is very like very clear here. So if you're interested, get her book <laughs> or yes. like, yeah. you know, look up her story because it's so beautiful. It's very beautiful. It's it's a radical witness, um, and it just like you said, it it helps us see that you can truly be sanctified in the married vocation. John Paul II like totally affirmed the importance of married life mm-hmm. and the and it, it as a, a way of life and a vocation. So. Yeah, like sanctification, if you take one little step each day, openness to grace in each moment, there is possi- the possibility of sanctification. Yep, yep. And a joy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like how you get to the end of your life with such a big smile and just a light spirit. Um, like she had a capacity for her death in a way. Like she she was ready. Mm-hmm. It's, it was very clear that she, she was ready. And that's not, that's not to say that you know, when we die and we're not happy like that, it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? That's not to say that um, everybody passes away, I guess, in their own unique way. But for her, her witness was that it's okay. Yeah. Like, and another important thing I think for me is like they suffered. Like they really, that's what Enrico said at the mm-hmm. talk he gave. Like I suffered from this. Like this is not like I'm just like this inhuman, like, yeah. Um. Yeah, superhuman. Superhuman, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I, I suffer. Like they, they suffered a lot, mm-hmm. both of them. But at the same, like what's really the exceptional thing is like through that suffering, they had joy, mm-hmm. and that's I think what we want. It's mm-hmm. not like we we're not going to suffer, and like these horrible things are going to happen to us in life, and we're just like, yeah, this is great. Like, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's like this paradox, this like Christian paradox of like in the cross, in suffering, I. I taste the promise of yes. Christ. I taste the promise of eternity. And that gives me this joy mm-hmm. that's impossible for someone who doesn't have it. Um, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I was just thinking that too. Like what creates the joy is like this hope and yeah. promise mm-hmm. for, for the resurrection, for meeting God, for um, all of this to be made, made sense of somehow, like in the, in the life to come, like right. what this was all for. 
because we know that Christ like modeled that for us, this life of suffering, like mm-hmm. by dying for us. So it must be fruitful. It must have some meaning. Yeah, that was a beautiful experience that we had to to hear her husband speak. And I imagine he's still speaking. He, I imagine he's probably out uh, promoting her her cause and her yeah. her her story. So if you ever get a chance to hear him, uh, we definitely recommend it. Yeah, he's absolutely. he is a yeah a great witness to her, but also for himself the the sanctification he experienced right. through their the beauty of their marriage. So awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to us talk about Chiara Corbella Petrio. Beautiful woman. Um, definitely look up her story. Yes. But we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.